This is Stu Epperson from the Truth Talk podcast, connecting current events, pop culture, and theology. And we're so grateful for you that you've chosen the Truth Podcast Network. It's about to start in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, and please share it around with all your friends. Thanks for listening, and thanks for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours, and we are finding ourselves still stuck in fear. <laughs> I just tell you what, hunkering down in this bunker is a scary place to be. It is. It's a fearful place to be. It can be. It, it, yeah. It doesn't have to be, but yeah. it can be, yeah. right? And so whether your bunker that you're hunkered down in right <laughs> yeah. now is fearful or not may depend on how you react to certain things. But in the After Hours show, we do hope to go deeper. And so that this time we're going to go deeper by just asking some questions and just being as transparent as we can be on on how we've handled this topic of fear. And and I promise you next week we're going to get to the resolution yes. for you. We're going to hint about it. Because, there's, yeah, there's no point in just talking about fear all the time if there's not a solution, right? Right. And and the solution <laughs> is perfect love drives out fear is what First John 4 tells us. And so that's what we're trying to get to. We're trying to get to the perfect love part and how that, you know, shows up. Um, but... In order to get there, we kind of have to talk about how this fear sometimes arises and, 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 you know, shows its ugly head in our relationships. And we do have a great clip. So we, we do have a good clip. And I don't think any of us have seen the movie, so we have no idea of the context. No, I want to go watch it now, though. Yeah, do you want to tell us a little bit about the clip? It was your clip. Well, yeah, this is, uh, this is a clip from a movie called Johnny Darko. And uh, if you've seen Johnny Darko, you're, you're probably also thinking, Donnie, uh-huh. I think. Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko? This is Donnie on the clip. I think it's Johnny Darko. It's Darko. It is. It is. It is. It's a Darko kind of clip. Um, I fear we're not going to get this. But, it's uh, Donnie Darko. Um, anyway, the uh, the the yeah, the clip is he's basically in a uh, in a high school class. It's a very parochial school. Uniforms are worn here, um, and there's a teacher that is the quintessential teacher who is super excited about the topic today. And she's basically talking about love versus fear. And so she has drawn a timeline on the board, basically. Fear on one side, love on the other side. And she presents questions to the class. And they have to get up and read the question and then put their X someplace on the timeline are they operating out of fear or are they operating out of love and you can actually hear the fear in the first little girl's voice as she has to get up and do this and it's a high school class so you've got a bunch of smart aleck you know kids in there um probably i was in the class and this could have easily been me that's why i identified with the clip is this is definitely the way I'm going to answer this question, probably. I can't imagine you wearing a uniform. <laughs> that, that, that is true. Yeah, That's very that true. That part would have been a, a deal breaker. Yeah, that probably would have been a deal breaker. So we'll go ahead and play the clip. As you can see, the lifeline is divided into two polar extremes, fear and love. Fear 
is in the negative energy spectrum, and love is in the positive energy spectrum. Duh. Excuse me? No, duh is a product of fear. On each card is a character dilemma which applies to the lifeline. Please read each character dilemma aloud and place an X on the lifeline in the appropriate place. Sharita? Juanita has an important math test today. She has known about the test for several weeks but has not studied. In order to keep from failing her class, Juanita decides that she will cheat on the math test. Good, good, very good. Uh, Mr. Darko. Uh, Ling Ling finds a wallet on the ground filled with money. She takes the wallet to the address on the driver's license but keeps the money inside the wallet. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Ms. Farmer, I don't get this. Well, just place an X on the lifeline in the appropriate place. No, I mean, I, I know what to do. I just, I don't get this. You can't just lump things into two categories. Things aren't that simple. The lifeline is divided that way. Well, life isn't that simple. Hmm. I mean, who cares if Ling Ling returns the wallet and keeps the money? Has nothing to do with either fear or love. Fear and love are the deepest of human emotions. Okay, but you're not listening to me. There are other things that need to be taken into account here, like the whole spectrum of human emotion. You can't just lump everything into these two categories and then just deny everything else. If you don't complete the assignment, you'll get a zero for the day. Donald... Let me preface this by saying that your Iowa test scores are intimidating. So let's go over this again. What exactly did you say to Ms. Farmer? I'll tell you what he said. He asked me to forcibly insert the lifeline exercise card into my anus. <laughs> there's a laugh track. There, there's, there's your laugh track. It's, it's the after hours. You know, though, I, I, we watched that clip on youtube and obviously it's it's funnier watching right. watching the clip but it's still funny on its own but there is some truth in what the teacher's saying in, in a way if you think about it when we're on this topic of fear and love you're mm-hmm. either moving in one direction or you're moving in the other oh for sure right? yeah you, you can't be moving in both directions yeah and that's why i would have been and it was donnie darko yeah um, that's why i probably would have been donnie darko because i don't want to have to you can't tell me i got to move to fear or i got to move to love I mean, that's that's me. I'm the you don't tell me what to do, you know, type of guy. That's who I am. And what are you afraid of, Derek? I exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm afraid that if you force me into a situation, it's going to end badly and I'll probably make the wrong decision. And I will probably say something stupid like Mr. Darko did um, and get myself into the principal's office, which Uh, Let me just put it this way. When I was in high school, I would come home regularly and my mom would say, oh, Darren, um, Tom called today. Well, Tom was the vice principal. Okay, Okay. so not many people were on a first name basis with Tom, but my mom was. (laughs) So next week, I think we're going to switch and start working on breaking Darren's agreements, because apparently he has many of them that we need to work through. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 indeed. Just as I um, do, just as Harold does, just as all of us do. But no, we are going to continue on in moving towards love, right? We're yeah. going to move away from fear. But fear is something you got to kind of understand. What do I do with that topic? As men, generally, it's expressed as anger. Mm-hmm. In a lot of cases, if we right. feel like it's unjust, especially. Yeah. Right? And so one of the questions that I asked uh, you know, us to think about was, how do I react to other people treating me badly? 
do do I react in fear and and to just ask that question is the way I react when other people treat me badly and maybe it's a maybe it's a, a an all out assault uh, on my character or something and we'll talk about that Rodney we talked about it before the show and that was a you had something really cool to say. Hope you didn't forget it like Sam and I did last week when we couldn't remember what it was yeah. Robbie told us about. Yeah. But it was really cool, too. Yeah, it was really cool. We just don't remember what it was. Um, <laughs> and so there's that reaction. But then there's there's also what if, you know, you're reacting out of fear um, when someone is continually just treating your heart badly. Not Not really in a horribly mean sort of way. But but just they're not treating it well all the time. And do you find yourself entering into a relationship with that person or walking in the relationship with that person fearful of how are they going to how are they going to hurt me today? How are they you know, how hard is this day going to be that I've got to spend all day with this person type of thing? And, And what you constantly hear in those situations is people use the term, you know, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells. Yes. All the time. Yeah, what right. they're saying is I'm scared. Yeah, I'm scared of what the reaction's going right. to be. Right. right. Yeah, I, I think as you ask that question, for me, a lot of times it depends on whether I feel like their treatment of me was just or not. Initially, it's always anger. I mean, to be quite honest, it, it makes me mad initially. And then I typically will sit back and say, okay, do I have a piece of this? Is there something in this that I own? Because if I own it, then maybe some of that reaction in their mind at least, was justified. And I can try to understand where it's coming from. You know, and, and that helps me kind of cope with it. But there, when it's just an all-out assault on character, I don't do very well with it. I don't react well to it. In particular, it's when they are going after something that you believe, whether it's true or not. But if you agree with them, at least for me, it's far more painful and going to get a lot more of a response than if it's something that's totally out of left field. And the same thing goes with how close a relationship I have with this person. A stranger can call me everything but a nice guy all day long, and I don't care. But as soon as a loved one says something that's painful, it's a whole different reaction. And again, yeah, it's usually anger, and sometimes that turns into depression, which is inward-facing anger. But a lot of that does come out of anger. And in my growing up, anger, being angry was a, a bad thing. It was a sign of you haven't found the right way to handle this. So anger was never acceptable. And it took me 30 years before I would even acknowledge that I was angry about something. Yeah, there's definitely ways that you can take this, and the enemy wants to get you to take them in all these directions. He doesn't care which one you pick, just whatever one he thinks is going to do the most damage, right? You can walk in anger, right? Uh, you know, I have a, a right to feel this way because I was wronged, right? You can you can live there. You can walk in acceptance of things that aren't true about you and start to believe them. You know, that's what happens with people in abusive relationships. Over time, they tend to believe those things. Whether they were initially true or not, they, t- they tend to, to believe them to be true when it's happened long enough. Or y- if you're able to, you step into avoidance. You know, I'm just going to avoid 
uh, any type of contact with that person, right? Um, very, very rarely do we go at it in a way that produces a lasting result that's healthy. Anger has always been an issue for me going back to early childhood. But the, the classic example of how other people saw my anger, when uh, my son was a teenager, my oldest son, he knew every one of my buttons, and he'd keep pushing until he found the right one. So every day, I typically arrived at work foaming at the mouth. My staff fixed up what they called a mood meter and put it on the door to my office, and it was, you know, it had a little arrow that you could spin around. And uh, it was so long ago, I can't remember all the words they had there, but it was, it was my mood meter. That uh, were any of them good, Harold? No. Okay, <laughs> just checking. They were all old English. <laughs> Latin, a few of them, but yeah, it was uh, engraved in stone. <laughs> No, but how did that make you feel, Harold, when, when you saw that? I'm sure there was some humor to it, but how did that make you feel? Well, with my attitude back then, uh, it didn't matter. Yeah. You know, it was – they were right, but I was uh, – in fact, uh, it was just a very difficult period mm-hmm. of time because of the the contrast between what I wanted out of my son and what he was willing to give. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was one of those cases, uh, a kid that could have had straight A's, even A pluses, if he just gave a little bit of effort. And But he brought home D's and F's and spit in my face. Mm. Was I your child? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Harold needs a mood ring. <laughs> so so when um, it's, it's – how. So when you know somebody's reacting out of fear mm-hmm. and they're reacting badly, um, if you can be objective and go, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, they're acting badly, but it's because they're scared. So you think about a dog, right? Your pet who has been wounded, right? They're, they're hurt and you're trying to help them, correct? And yet you you might even tell your kids, be careful, a wounded animal is very dangerous. Well, so is a wounded person. So if, but if you can understand it that way, oh, wait, wait, wait. It's their wound, their woundedness that is causing them to react in fear. They're treating me badly, perhaps, because of their fear. Uh, you know, Rodney and I were talking about that before the show, about a time when, you know, a, a person that I worked with basically, you know, told my boss a lie about me because a customer had called and said, why, you know, this has not been done yet. And when my boss started asking about it, the excuse was, well, I told Darren I needed those things in order to get this finished, but he never produced these things. And, uh, and, and my first reaction when my boss confronted me, and he wasn't all that kind about it when he confronted me, my first reaction was, fine, I quit. <laughs> if you're going to believe what one of my employees said about me that's been here six months over me that has a relationship with 10 years, you know, going on 10 years with you, then fine, I, I just quit. That tells me what kind of integrity you have. And so I lash out at him in anger because 
you know, it wasn't even about fear for me anymore. At that point, it was an assault. And so I'm just angry. And so I react in anger. But if I can see, oh, wait, that guy told my boss this because he was scared. He was scared he was going to lose his. He was scared that, you know, he was going to get in trouble. And he reacted badly. I was the victim of it, obviously, um, although I wasn't. You know, I mean, I didn't lose my job. I didn't get a cut in pay. I didn't get my hand slapped. I had a I had a difficult conversation with my boss that made our relationship actually deeper and better in the in the end. But at the time, it felt like I'm the victim of this guy's fear. And so the the question is, is how do we turn that and, and react out of love? Because perfect love drives out fear. So my reaction to that guy for the, a little while was not perfect love. Let me tell you, I wasn't mean to him. But I wasn't treating him with perfect love either. I was documenting every conversation I had with him um, to say, you know, if you lie about me again, buddy, you're out of here type of thing um, instead of perfect love. And I'm not exactly sure what perfect love would have been in that particular instance, but it definitely makes a difference. If I can see that, I, I think there are fables along those lines that we've told our children over the years about the, the wounded animal and so forth, mm-hmm. that they seem mean, they mm-hmm. seem angry, they seem scary, but really they're just hurt. Yeah, you get the lion with something stuck in its paw. Yeah. Right, and it's reacting out of that. I think, for me, it's a lot easier when I think of the context of work to do it. I just got to apply those same things at home. You know, when I'm at work and somebody's really upset about something it's typically a fear-based reaction. You know, I build houses. That's what I do. But if they're, they're angry about something in their home and I can get past the anger and start digging in and say, okay, what is, what's upsetting you? What, why are you angry about that? What is it about that that concerns you? What are you afraid of, right, in another word? And I can start getting down to it. You can get down to the issue. The issue is they don't know how to deal with something a lot of times. They're afraid it's going to cost them money they don't have. Right. And once you know what the issue is, then you can address the concern and the fear, the anger and that stuff tends to go away. Yeah. And Darren was talking about woundedness. So where can we go to find out about woundedness and how to deal with that? That's what the boot camp's for. We're not going to be able to get into that on the air over a podcast. We're going to, it takes a lot of podcasts, but when you go in and you bring up the subject and you touch upon things that are kind of, deep and personal in someone else's lives and you go out and talk to God, you start to understand more. And what it's done for me is I, I see my woundedness quicker and I how I react and how I play with that so I'm more aware. But what it's done for me in pointing out in my wife, my kids, other people that I'm close to, people at work, you know, seeing their woundedness or trying to at least trying to understand it a little bit. Relationally it changes a lot of things. Like you were talking earlier, Darren, about when it was a character issue, when somebody that's there for six months, you're taking word without asking me anything that I've had a relationship with you for 10 months, you're, you're really attacking my character here. You're getting in deep. And those are the places where it hurts. And those are the places in which, like for me, it's not always, oh, I'm going to lash out, but... I'm going to do more along the lines of what you did. I'm going to have this investigation. I'm going to have this 
long drawn out attack on somebody else or i'm going to at least i'm going to dig up some dirt because it, it's like the gloves are off we're going to go fight to win and i'm at least going to be able to defend myself if something comes up and be able to just roll all this other stuff out take those notes you know and do all that it drives you to behave and run into fear which is what we keep saying don't do don't do like bob newhart stop it you know but Go back and run towards the love side. And we say it, but do we do it? When do we do it? Understand those situations and start reflecting. That's one of the things we do in their continuous improvement so much. It's like, just stop, reflect. Are we going the right way? Do we need to change? We tried some things. How did it work out? Do we need to go this way? And in doing that and trying to understand what the masculine journey is and the things that Eldridge has kind of helped us with, it it comes together and it starts to formulate a completely different me and it comes in a different me in the midst of what I'm going through now. Forget about years ago, sometimes even six months ago or a few days ago. Where are we now? Where is this person now? Where am I at now? And how do we figure that out? And the way we go towards fear is living in the smaller story. It's good, a, it's job, all a, it's job. all about me, and when you're in that mode, you're going to be headed towards fear all the time. But when it becomes about others, you can turn towards love. One of the things that really hit me when you were talking is how often it's not. And not only is it not about us, the anger isn't even towards us. It's a well, you're talking about being at work, yeah. and and you're all eaten up from the stuff at work. And you go home and you decide, well, I'm going to be myself here, and I'm not going to be courteous to my wife, and I'm Mm -hmm. not going to be loving towards my children. I'm going to give them what I got all day. That's heading towards the fear side. And it's hard. Rodney, you you may not have heard this. I know I've heard it in the past that don't try that work stuff on me. (laughs) (laughs) So you got to be a little bit more covert covert about that, right? But. But it's the same principle, you know, when, when my my son's upset, my daughter's upset, you know, whatever, I need to take that same approach of trying to understand the why behind that. Mm-hmm. You know, when we can get there, then we can really deal with that issue and we can move more towards love. You know, anything else that I'm trying to do is probably not going to lead in that direction, but move down towards the timeline, down mm-hmm. towards fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that word that you use, why, can be a dangerous word. Right. I used it for years whether it was at work or at home, as you know, a way to go deeper into understanding. A diagnostic tool. And I'm telling you, I didn't realize the condemnation that can come along with why. Oh, yeah, exactly. Because even though I say it, okay, so why is that? You know, comes across as, oh, man, you're condemning me and you're trying to really find out what's in there about me. And so it's like, learn to rephrase that so much better into, so what is it about that that scares you? You said you're scared, so what is it about me saying this answer or me coming home and doing something or whatever it happens to be in that? And it, it changes the mood, and it just keeps them on the defense, and it's like it helps at work, it helps at home if you can just keep people off the defense. Yeah, and, and honestly, it, why was a reaction for me? Because t- so many times I use that as a hammer. Bang, <laughs> yeah. bang, you bang. Know, bang. Yeah. Um, and, and so that yeah. was a well-earned you know, at least in my case. Yeah. yeah. You know, as yeah, you do too. diagnostics, it gets down to somebody's quote-unquote fault. Yeah. Right? And when I'm trying I'm gonna, to find fault, 
it's not going to end well. Yeah, back right. to the Herald logical. We're going to find this out and figure out an answer. Right. Yeah. When, I, when I'm dealing with it, let's let's determine where fault lies. That's yeah. not typically going to end well. Right. right. Or how soon can I get out of this and get on to something else I want to get on to? You, you talked about a class that, you know, that your company yeah. put you through years ago. Um, and I'll let you talk about that in a second. And But this leads into that. That is, when I – since others are fearful because of my actions, how do I handle their heart? Mm-hmm. Um, I wished I would have learned this a long time ago, and I wish that I would always handle it correctly now. I don't, though. A lot of times when when Sheila or my family or you guys as a band of brothers, I suggest something and you guys go, whoa, you know, and and react with a little bit of concern. I won't call it fear necessarily, but yeah, <laughs> trepidation. Yes, that's not exactly fear. It's worse. Um, so the, the, the but, you know, when somebody reacts that way, I feel the assault. You know, that's what that's where the enemy comes to me is, oh, well. They've spent enough time around you. They should trust you more than that. They should know you're not trying to scare them. They should know that you're not trying to hurt them. And so that's what the enemy comes at me with. And I have to learn that, that, whoa, 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 wait, wait. And that's where it goes back to the introspection part that you talked about earlier, too. I have to ask myself, wait, I have done some stupid things that scared people. So they have a right, perhaps, to go, well, Darren, that's that uh, you're kind of scaring me a little bit here, and not take that as a personal assault. Yeah, the, the, the class that you're talking about, my company I was with years ago in Indiana, uh, sent us to some marriage classes. You know, people, they put them on. They were very good about doing that. And there was a, a couple, Emerson Eckridge and his wife, I don't remember her name, but uh, they, they had a love and respect was the name of their their series that they taught on. And, and the one piece that I really took from there, and honestly, it's probably about the only piece I took from that training, but it was really powerful in my life, was what they called the crazy cycle. And the crazy cycle is talking about a man and woman relationship, when, when a, or anyone actually, but when a man reacts unlovingly, a woman's reaction is often disrespectful in nature, in his eyes. And when a man doesn't feel respect, he reacts unlovingly. right? And so you get this cycle going where, she doesn't feel loved, so she doesn't act in a respectful manner. He doesn't feel respected, so he doesn't act in a loving manner. And it could be gen- it could be gender reversed, right? But mm-hmm. that that is a constant relational cycle. And you think about it, that's what you see spinning, right? And that's what we talk about. The only way you break that is you move into the love arena, right? Right, and you start to try to understand that other person and see where they're coming from and ask the right questions and, and enter into love, which we're going to talk about next week. And finally. Get unstuck from this fear. Yeah, we're going to move in our lifeline towards love. We're going to put Absolutely. our X on love. Yeah, we're going to move to that end of the spectrum. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, so to say. But the positive spectrum. In the meantime, go to masculinejourney.org, listen to some past podcasts, but more importantly, go and register for the upcoming boot camp coming up November 12th through the 15th at Park Springs up in Providence. I don't keep wanting to say Rhode Island, North Carolina. <laughs> it's a wonderful place. It's going to be a great boot camp. Go register now. We'll see you next week. This is the Truth Network.